This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Gameplay on TSN 1050. We're brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. All right, so let's do two minutes of real sports before we get into the important conversation based on the Mark Masters sham of an interview, at least the end, was with Leafs lunch. The Raptors beat the Pelicans 115-110, and the big story is Jakob Pertl. I'll get into more of that in my opening thought. But good on Toronto getting the win without Fred Van Vliet. Also makes you just imagine how good the Pelicans could be if they actually had Zion Williamson. But this was a great performance by the Raptors. As for the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think they win and win big tonight. In fact, I'll take them on the puck line at plus 116. You can find that on ye old FanDuel account. The Denver Nuggets, Jokic, another triple-double. He has 22 of them this year. As Denver beats Cleveland 115-109, Nuggets are perfect 22-0 when Jokic gets a triple-double. The cool thing that's going on right now in basketball, there's a bit of a um, anything you can do, I can do better. Because Memphis and Philly... Philly was bad in that first half. Joel Embiid missed his first six shots. The Philly crowd booed him when he put up an air ball. He was 2 of 14 for nine points in the first half. Then the second half, he came alive. He ended up with 27 points, 19 rebounds, six blocks, six assists, 13 of 17 from the free throw line as Philly beat the Grizzlies 110-105, a scuffling Memphis Grizzlies team. Remember like a month or so ago before Shannon Sharp and that giant sweater walked on the court? We looked at the Grizz and we said, could they be that young team? Could, be that, could they be like OKC when it was the early days of Durant and Westbrook and Harden and, um, and Ibaka? How did they never win a championship? Um, when it's like, oh, are they like that? Well, they don't seem like that anymore. And if the Pittsburgh Penguins, if they keep losing the way they are, do they try to trade Malkin and Crosby at the trade deadline next week? They lose 7-2 as that crowd, the Pittsburgh crowd, was booing the Penguins, were booing Malkin and Crosby. Remarkable. And, yes, finally, the Boston Bruins are a better team today than they were yesterday, which is remarkable because they're the best team in the NHL after trading for Dmitry Orloff from the Washington Capitals, and now their defense just got bigger and tougher. Okay, uh, Producer Nick, was that uh, was that some good hardcore sports talk? Did that, did that satisfy some of the sports? Uh, hardcore, yes. If you want another quick right. sports story that you'll get a kick yeah. out of. Yeah, um, do it. Veteran... NFL veteran QB Davis Webb is apparently signing with ah. the Broncos to be their QB coach. The 28-year-old Webb will now be coaching 34-year-old Russell Wilson. <laughs> and we'll get we'll get into Russell Wilson. <laughs> we'll get into Russell Wilson. Jesus, uh, because there are two sides to everything going on right now. There's all the reports that Russell Wilson wanted Pete Carroll and the GM to get fired. My question is, who are these sources? eh? 
Yeah, but who are the sources? Who from Seattle's leaking that Russell Wilson went full Kevin Durant? Russell yeah. Wilson says it's not true. Seattle hasn't commented on it. Um, Broncos but there is won't another comment on it either. Or comment no, on it no, either. Yeah, no one is commenting on it. My question isn't first if it's true or not. My first question is who leaked that out and what is the reason for it? Russell's no longer in Seattle. Seattle was the feel-good story, Geno Smith and all that. Uh, before we get to my opening thought, real quick, let's get into the conversation of cookies. Here is from yesterday, one of the newest Maple Leafs, um, uh, Achari, talking about uh, his love for a certain brand of cookie. You hear you like cookies. I love cookies. <laughs> What's your favorite? I'm a big uh, <coughs> Oreo. I would have, uh, you know, before pregame naps, I'll have some Oreo before pregame nap. Oreos with my little guy, and well, he calls it cookie time, and <laughs> and we usually that's pretty special to me, and you know, doing that, and so before naps, and when I'm having my cookie, whatever it is, I'll face try and get a FaceTime with him and tell him it's cookie time. So. Now, that first off, that's just a really cute story. That's a really nice one between father and son. And the Oreo is a good cookie. It's a solid cookie. It's nowhere near number one. Solid choice, think though. Be, solid choice. Solid, solid choice. You know, it's there for you. It's a, it's a blue-collar cookie. Yep. Always around. Not crazy expensive. Gets the job done. The number one cookie is and always will be just a homemade, freshly baked chocolate chip cookie. Don't a little soft it, in the everyone. middle, too. Uh, a little soft, a little in the middle, a little crunchy on the outside. Oh, it's the only way to and, go. Okay, so you were yelling at uh, Leafs Lunch and Mark Masters when Mark Masters said, oh, I like the oatmeal yeah, raisin I was, cookie. I was so confused. I was shaking my head. Ugh. I was not happy. Me Ugh. and Mark had a nice conversation afterwards when I was saying goodbye to him because I'm the only one in studio, so I have to yeah, hang up yeah. the phones. He was super nice, and we had that conversation, and I said the soft chocolate chip. He's like, oh, that's a good choice, too. So he's on our side as yeah. well. I'll give him that. He, no, but the raisin cookie's horrible and disgusting. The only, the raisins are gross. One of nature's greatest mistakes out there. They're a wannabe chocolate chip. The raisin cookie. First off, it's always the oatmeal raisin. You know why? Because the raisin needs the oatmeal to help it out. The raisin needs the oatmeal to sort of cover the fact that a raisin is kind of disgusting. Now, you think I'm being prejudiced. You think this is just one man's opinion. Well, it's not just one man. It's not just one woman. It's, it's, it's most of humanity's opinion, and here's how you know I am right. I want everyone listening, go to your local bakery, and I want you to go 20 minutes before it closes, and go gaze at the baked goods left on the shelves Nary a chocolate chip cookie to be found. But you know what you will find? You'll find the oatmeal raisin cookies or just the normal raisin cookies. Why? Because people don't want to eat them. It's like the vegetarian pizza at the office party. Everyone says, got to order that veggie pizza. And in the time, all the veggie pizza has been eaten. But on this case, the oatmeal raisin cookie, shame on Mark Masters for saying it's his favorite. Shame on Julia Tesheri and Michael DiStefano for not calling him out. Guys, we are journalists in this business. It's our job to talk truth to power. And the last five minutes of Leaf's Lunch, shame on them. Now, let's get to my opening thought. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? And here we go. I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. 
let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. So you can text the show at 10.50.50. I, I can see right now most of it is about Patrick Kane and is he going to the Rangers. But you can text us your thoughts on the race and cookie and why am I 100% correct in saying they are trash. The Raptors. Wait a minute. Is, is Jakob Pertle the savior? Now, I'm wary of going full, small, sample size theater here. I mean, I was tempted last night to do a thing on look out for the Lakers after they beat the Grizzlies 124-111. I mean, they did it with LeBron shooting 5 of 20. Eight players scoring double digits. Maybe their trade deadline moves are going to work. Maybe getting rid of Russell Westbrook was the key for a dangerous playoff run for the Lake sh- for the Lake Show. But then I remember they're 28 and 32. Portland's got a better record. I don't trust Anthony Davis to stay healthy. And of course, there was there was no Steph Curry last night. So the Raptors beat the Pelicans 115-110, and the Pirtle numbers are nuts since his glorious return to Toronto. Last night, 21 points, a 9 of 11 shooting, 18 rebounds, 2 assists, and 3 steals, and I think at least one block. His last two games, he has 51 points on 26 of 30 shooting. That's ridiculous. He's got 27 rebounds, 7 blocks. Ridiculous. But where you really saw but his help last night was in the fourth quarter. That was the best version of Jakob Pertl because no one else could hit a shot. And there was Jakob keeping the ship upright. The team shot 4 of 15 with 2.40 left. 5 of 19 against the Pelicans. It looked like New Orleans was going to come back until that critical Gary Trent Jr. three-pointer with 13 seconds left. Nice pass by Siakam. And it gave the Raptors the cushion they need. But Siakam shot one of seven in that fourth quarter. But there was Jakob Pertl, 10 points, six rebounds, and a block. So the slightly bigger pitcher is, hey, Toronto has won three of four since Jakob was acquired. That's great. This all leads to the one big question that I was wondering about after the game. Does his early success show the that the all every player is six nine plan that that plan was maybe a little misguided that maybe you know you need a little height the steady and calm influence that he brings to the half court offense which has been the raptors biggest weakness since Kawhi and his uncle went to la that Pirtle is making the half court offense that much better and you can see the differences that he's making. You also get actual real rim protection. And it's not just about blocks and the numbers you get there, but it's about forcing other big men to rush, to take bad shots near the rim. We saw that a couple times last night with Jonas Valanciunas. Setting proper screens to create actual space for teammates. It's all the little things that we haven't seen since Marcus Saul was making life miserable for Joel Embiid. Now, I know we live in a world where we're always looking for the next great thing. And hey, by the way, innovation, critical for existence. But what happens when we ignore what just works? I know we live in a time where the ultimate insult is to say someone is old. Oh, did you hear what old man Cos was saying? You try to bring up that what worked in the past can still work in the present. 
that there's nothing wrong with tried and true. Now, you do that, you throw that out into the universe, and suddenly you get accused of being Abe Simpson. You're an old man. You're yelling at clouds. Get off of my lawn. No one wants to be accused of that. We live in a time where it's all about being new and young. Sometimes traditional is correct. Sometimes the conservative approach, it has its place. To win in basketball, you need size. You need a center. Now, that center doesn't have to be the main offensive player. This is not the 80s and 90s where Ewing and Shaq or Hakeem. But you see that big behemoth in the middle. They don't have to be the leader in usage for your team to win. But you better have an effective one starting. It's funny, Pirtle just unlocks so much of what this team can be. And, and he's not an all-star, and he's, you know, and I understand that, but he can help save a team that went too far. And I think we can agree, the Raptors went too far, and everyone is positionless. Everyone is 6'9", the long wingspan. Hey, you know, maybe having a traditional center is, it's like for the older generation who used to smoke on planes and use rotary phones. You know, people of the old days, you know, having the traditional center is not the worst thing in the world. Now, don't get me wrong. Positionless basketball can work. The Miami Heat on their run, they did it with a skinny Bosch at center, but they had LeBron James. Golden State won the title last year. Draymond Green was their de facto center. The guy is 6'6". Of course, when you have the greatest shooter to ever play basketball, Uh, You can play just about any style you want. So to anyone who's about to accuse me of going full old man, well, first, there's nothing wrong with being old. Isn't that the goal for everyone on earth? You know, to someday reach an old age and somehow still be productive? And and second, there's still plenty of outside of the box on the team. Barnes and Siakam playing the role of point guard when Van Vliet is out. And credit must go to Masai Ujiri. The trade for Jakob, that's an acknowledgement that maybe the no center plan was a mistake. The best executives are the ones who don't hide from their missteps, but rather try to fix their past mistakes instead of stubbornly plowing forward. And I know, I know, this is all wildly small sample size. The Raptors' win streak has come against some bad teams, and the Pelicans didn't have Zion Williamson in the lineup. But you, but you cannot deny that there is something fascinating about a team who started the year where their identity was about creating a lineup that looked completely different from the rest of the league and now they're having their most success with a very traditional looking roster and that is my opening thought I'm finished and they look good now again some bad teams but they look good and just having Jakob Pertl makes everyone's job a little bit easier. And I think uh, I think that is uh, a, a pretty much a captain obvious thing to say. And and he's been great. And I, I'm fascinated to see, you know, can this team go on a winning streak, can continue it against really good teams and do it in more of the traditional way versus what we saw at the beginning of the year. But, uh, Nick, we can agree. The, you know, the Jakob Pertl deal so far has been great, and now suddenly we're all hoping he gets re-signed to a good contract. I got a question for you, Maddie, because yeah. you and me talked about them potentially needing a center before the deadline, and it was it was something that could have been a, an issue, and they went out and got Pertl. How important do you think it is that he knew the team already? 
he wasn't just a complete outsider coming into mm. the group. Because this is a guy who grew up with Siakam and Freddie on the G League team. Remember back in, back in the day? They came yeah. up together. They all, they all went through runs together. And then he got moved. How important do you think that is, the fact that it's not just that they brought in a center to play that traditional role, but that it's a center that knows the team well? It certainly helps. Familiarity um, quickens the acclimation process. So it, it, it absolutely does that. And then also, where was Pirtle last? It was in San Antonio. He's with Greg Popovich. And I know, you know, Greg Popovich might not be the coach now that he was back in the day. And, you know, things have changed. But you still are in a mature environment there. So you're going from a mature environment to another mature environment. So that certainly helps as well. But I was just thinking about it. Like, the beginning of the year, it's like, ah, sexy. Screw you, old generation. We're all 6'9". We don't, we don't conform to your rules where everyone's placed in a box and you got a point guard and a shooting guard and a small forward and a power forward and a center. No, we're all power forwards. We switch, we switch. And they've got some really talented players. Siakam, OG Ananobi, great to see him back. Scotty Barnes getting better. But at some point, it's like, well, yeah, but, you know, there's a certain style of basketball that, for the most part, has worked. And unless you got Steph Curry or LeBron James going full outside the box, it sounds great. It looks great on paper. It's sexy. But sometimes boring works. Yeah, sometimes you're going to win games with those unique lineups, but you're not going to win enough across an 82-game season. So much like the traditional Homemade chocolate chip cookie is the best cookie out there. Sometimes to win in basketball, just give me a smart big man who knows their role and makes the job easier for the guys around him. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now, we'll take a break. Now, we were hoping to get Andrew Nemhard from the Indiana Pacers. It was all lined up, but then the team, they changed their practice schedule. and They flew out early this morning for Orlando. So we may get him, but it's looking probably eh, like it's probably not going to happen. Probably because, unlikely, yeah. Yeah, probably unlikely because anyone listening, if you've done any travel over the last year, you know it's uh, it's difficult. So we'll see. If we get him, great. If not, eh, there's another day to it. Uh, he's you know had a great rookie uh, rookie season so far. The only second round pick that was invited to the Rising Stars competition at the NBA All Star Game. So we'll see. But otherwise, we got a packed show. I feel really good about my Leafs bets. We'll talk about that. And also on the other side, maybe we'll get on the other side. Wow, um, Ryan Leaf, the disgraced but then reborn uh, human being, disgraced quarterback. Went to jail. He hit the lowest of the lows and has worked his way back to being just a more positive, productive person in society. He had a fascinating thing, a fascinating take on all things Russell Wilson, a angle that you probably haven't even thought about. And we'll get into that. Uh, yeah, you know what? Let's get into that next. I'm Matthew Cause. You are listening to Gameplay right here on TSN 1050. One text coming in from Nova Scotia. Matthew Cause is nothing but a corporate shill for the big chocolate chip companies. Long live the raisins. I am not a shill for big chocolate chip, but I would in a heartbeat 
And if there's another organization who's looking to bring down the raisin, I would join that one as well. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cos, right here on TSN 1050. Uh, Evan Render is going to join us from TSN Edge at 2.30. I'm curious to get his take on all the talk about Patrick Kane and does he go to the Rangers, the new the trade last night, Orloff going uh, to the Boston Bruins. What does that do for the odds for, the, for Boston, which are already incredible? And how, how much better does that make them? Also, where is their buyer beware in the trade market? So we will do that with Evan in just a little bit. But I want to I wanna play this clip because the, in the NFL, there's lots of news. And, and we'll have time today uh, to talk a lot about Lamar Jackson. And ESPN just, you know, they put out a pretty um, detailed story about what is going on in the negotiations between the Baltimore Ravens and the former MVP. And <laughs> there are red flags. But the biggest red flag uh, could be, being the team looking for the next quarterback versus the team overpaying for the current quarterback. There's a story came out that Russell Wilson wanted to have Pete Carroll and John Schneider, the GM of the Seattle Seahawks, fired. This coming from a story from The Athletic. Now, Wilson has said that this story is entirely fabricated. We have no word yet from Seattle. We have no word from the Broncos. I'm curious about where this story came from. Who is the source? Who's the source that leaked it? And just how much truth is there? But it's easy to be fully against Russell Wilson, just his persona. And a lot of it feels false. But... Listen to Ryan Leaf. Here's Ryan Leaf yesterday talking about some of the reasons why maybe Russell Wilson had such a bad year last season. I'm going to tell you a little story about Russell Wilson, okay? So Russell, of course, transferred to Wisconsin his final year, got the opportunity to play, went to a Rose Bowl, was very successful. Went down to IMG uh, to prepare for the draft. He met a young man there named Trevor Moed. Now, Trevor works in the brain and cognitive field and mental health. He's worked alongside Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide and Kirby Smart. He developed this way of thinking called neutral thinking. And in that mindset, you allow no negative thoughts in your I mean, you don't even ponder them. It's not even in existence, okay? And Russell bought into it early on, okay? And they built something together that was pretty great. Now, Trevor worked with me when I got out of prison. And I can't tell you the difference it made in terms of the way I view the world, right? It has made my life increasingly better and changed my outlook and perspective about everything and how I go about my business. Unfortunately, Trevor, uh, our good friend, died right at the end uh, of Russell's stay in Seattle of a brain tumor. He didn't tell any of us. He thought he was being a burden. So this man had been in increasingly important to Russell Wilson during this process, teaching him they were partners. And I don't think enough people talked about it last year. This was the first season in which he didn't have Trevor. And I tell people all the time, when you walk into a facility and you're exercising your body, okay, you get a trainer to do that. You need a trainer to exercise the biggest muscle in your body, and that's your brain. And he didn't have it last year. There's a reason why when he steps up to the microphone at the end and says, Broncos country, let's ride. 
He says it every single time. That's the neutral aspect of things. He never got low. I would love to hear more about Russell Wilson's thoughts on that clip by Ryan Leaf versus the story that Russell Wilson wanted to go full Kevin Durant and of his coach and GM fired. That is a fascinating piece of sound from Ryan Leaf. Uh, we'll get more into the NFL quarterback conversation. It's not just about Russell Wilson. It's about Lamar Jackson. It's about Aaron Rodgers. And it's about Daniel Jones wants how much money? But coming up on the other side, Evan Render is going to join the show from TSN Edge. We'll look at some bets for this weekend. And we'll also chat about how the NHL trade deadline can impact our futures bets. That's coming up next right here on Gameplay. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. You are listening to TSN 1050. The show is brought to you by FanDuel. Been on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And when you look at um, odds for teams making the playoffs, odds for teams winning um, the East, the West, winning the Stanley Cup, those lines are going to be jumping around a little bit if we see some of the other major names out there getting traded. If you see Timo Meyer go, if Patrick Kane, even guys like JVR can move the needle at least a little bit, or what about like a Thatcher Demko? Well, joining me now to talk all about that and look at the slate of the games going on, it is Evan Render from TSN Edge, betting analyst. Evan, thanks so much for joining the show today. Thanks for having me on, Claus. What a great time of year we're at, eh? Oh, Oh, absolutely. And you know what? I, I don't think the uh, anyone at TSN has got the guts to do this. So I'm just going to – can I plant a seed? I won't say can I plant a seed in you because phrasing, that would just sound odd and uncomfortable. But um, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they got booed last night, losing 7-2, a final score that actually kind of favored uh, the Penguins. They lose 7-2 to Edmonton. What about a Pittsburgh Penguins blow-up? How great would trade deadline be if suddenly Malkin, Latang, and Crosby, they brought the gang back together? What if Pittsburgh said, you know what? Maybe it's time for us to go full rebuild. The problem with that happening is, of course, from an entertainment standpoint, that would be unbelievable. Imagine, yeah. and you know what? Knowing the NHL these days, you'd hear Boston would be on and get in on of getting Malkin. They'd be in on Crosby, and Tampa Bay would somehow find a way to get Chris Latang, and, and that uh, would kind of be the way mind. it works. But it, yeah. Right, but it's funny though because you mentioned Pittsburgh, and they're interesting because there's six teams right now in the East in the wild card race: Washington, Florida, the Islanders, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and Detroit. Some people would say Ottawa. I personally don't think Ottawa's in that in, in that mix. Pittsburgh's the only team out of those six who are not plus money to make the playoffs. They're the only team: Washington's plus money, Florida's plus money, the Islanders are plus money, and then Buffalo and Detroit, of course, are, are plus money as well. So. Sandals telling you they still believe in the penguins in the penguins to squeak in, but um, they to your point they've just been they've just been all over the place. They got lit up last night. They got swept in a home and home against the Isles last week, and it's just not looking good for for Crosby and the boys. No, and I was so fascinated with them before they re-signed Malkin, thinking, oh, what if um, you know is this the first piece or is this the first step? to Pittsburgh going in the in, in the rebuild direction, even though Crosby still has a couple of years left, Latang has a couple of years left and all of that. But then when they re-signed Malkin, that was sort of their message to the rest of the NHL. 
we think we still have a chance. We still we can uh, we can still go for it. And and now it's almost fascinating on the other end. What if this team misses the playoffs after re-signing Malkin? It's a, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's a complete disaster. And the funny thing about the East, it, it's so deep this year. But you look at the group of teams that Pittsburgh would have to make would have to beat out to get a wild card spot, and they're not great. I mean, Washington's basically selling off. The Islanders are without Matt Barzell for most of the season. Buffalo hasn't made the playoffs in it feels like a hundred years, and Detroit's just coming off the tail end of a rebuild. So the bar is not very high for Pittsburgh right now, right? Just to squeak into the playoffs and lose in the first round is is kind of what the expectation is. And if they can't even do that, then I mean, who knows what Brian Burke's got up his sleeve? But that's that's a disaster, complete disaster. And he, he, you know, Burke's not afraid to make moves, as you know from his time. Yes, when he was with Toronto, he's he's he he won't hold back. So that's definitely. I'm glad you brought up the Penguins because from a betting perspective, they're definitely a, a team to keep an eye on in many markets. Yeah, and it's funny. Well, they were just one of those teams. And listen, they're always going to be one of those sort of sexy teams because of winning in the past and because we, they're just recognizable stars. You know, that's part of it. But, you know, Pittsburgh was 25 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. They're down to 30 to 1. That number actually feels a little bit respectful towards them, almost like with the odds the Lakers get, you know, no, no oh, matter God. where oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of a little bit like the, the, the Lakers, but we could save that debate for uh, a different day when there wasn't so much to talk about. Um, the uh, Analyzing the deal made by the Boston Bruins, um, they already have Lindholm and McAvoy and Brandon Carlo. Now they add Dmitry Orloff. Uh, not only does this strengthen the top four, but it means whoever's in that bottom pairing is probably a little bit overqualified. Uh, your thoughts on the Bruins trade with Washington where they get rid of uh, or they trade away a first, a second, and a third-round pick? first thing that comes to my mind is the rich got richer. They paid market value for a player who was exactly what they needed and what they wanted. Um, they've been rumored to be in on, on Gavrikov from Columbus for a few weeks now, and that trade kind of never happened because they had the clear cap space. And Orlov is a much better player than, than Gavrikov. Um, and Orlov-McAvoy pairing is a nightmare for teams like the Leafs to play against, for teams like Tampa, and then whoever Boston plays in the first round. And, and they're the favorites to win the Cup, plus 500, I believe it is, on Candle right now for good reason. And, and I don't even think they're done. I, I feel like whenever teams make a move a week, a week and a half before the deadline, like, it's smart because it buys them some time to kind of look at the market, look, see if there's sellers that end up being desperate with other rentals that will become available on the market. So, I mean, Boston's just, you saw last night, like, they, they just don't lose. Like, they just don't lose. And they just got richer. And then they added to their fourth line as well with, uh, with Garden Hathaway, who, who's a pretty solid, sturdy um, defensive fourth liner who will drop the gloves. He can hit. Boston fans will love him. So, I mean, it was a home run trade for them. It was the exact price, basically, that the Leafs paid for O'Reilly and Achari. So they didn't, they didn't overpay in that regard. And, and I just think the rich got richer. So, I mean, what more can you say about the Bruins? They just they look yeah. unstoppable at this point. Yeah, they do. So we'll just move on from that. You know what the weird thing is? is the nature of betting on who you think is going to win in hockey versus basketball. Because we both agree, the Bruins are clearly the class of the NHL, correct? Of course, no doubt about it. Okay, I'm, I'm, just, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to lead the witness here, but you just said they're 5-1 to one to win it all. In the NBA, like, if you were that clearly the favorite in the NBA, you'd be like 2-1. to one. Like, the Celtics are plus 2A. Like, I can see three teams in the NBA who have shorter odds 
to win the championship than the Boston Bruins, which again screams to the fact that in hockey there are so many more upsets than there is in basketball. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you think about it, in the NBA, for I mean, you, let's take let's use the Boston Celtics as an example. For them to lose in the first round or even the second round, either a star player like Tatum would have to be hurt, Jalen Brown would have to be hurt, or someone would have to get hurt. There's there, there's there's not like there's not many uh, ways for that to happen. In hockey, the Bruins could have the series of their lives, and 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 everybody plays hard and plays great and is healthy. They could run into a hot goaltender. See you later. Good night, Irene. And and they're done. Yeah. Right. That's, there's so many variables in hockey. You got you got to have some luck on your side, and so that's why you know looking at a price like plus five hundred, it's like you know they're ahead, they're in a tier by themselves in terms of odds right now, and, and rightfully so. But they run into a hot goaltender in the first round. In the second round, they play, let's say they play Tampa, just for argument's sake. Vasilevsky's known to steal series before, steal another one now, and, and there you go, and they're done. So. There's just there's so many things that can happen in a playoff series, bad bounces, good bounces, hot goalies that um, that kind of dictate the way the odds are uh, are drafted. Yeah. It's crazy. The difference between Boston and the second big second best team in the NHL, I think there's a sizable gap. Meanwhile, the NBA, um, you know, Boston, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Denver, I think all of them are clumped in, maybe even Philly, and yet Boston's plus two eighty to win it all, while the Boston while the Boston Bruins are plus 500. By the way, not bleep Boston. Let's move on. That's City. That's City. Way too much winning that goes on there. Um, joined by Evan Render from TSN Edge. You tweeted out Rangers 14-1 to to win the Cup. Likely to shorten it if they get Kane. Is this one of those cases where if you're someone that just likes to bet on who you think is going to win it all, just to have your fingers ready at FanDuel for the moment there's an inkling that they might be able to land Patrick Kane after already landing Tarasenko? The funny thing about that is they haven't even gotten Patrick Kane yet. There's obviously some smoke out there that, that they're, they're still interested in, that there's a chance that he, they may get him. When I tweeted that last night around 7 o'clock, midnight, I looked at FanDuel to see what the, what the uh, Stanley Cup odds markets were saying. The Rangers are now plus 1,000. They already shortened from plus oh. 1,400 to plus 1,000. So, and I don't think it's because I tweeted that. I think there's just there's some smoke around this team. Um, they're probably going to get Patrick Kane. We're going to find out in the next, I think, at least 24 hours um, if he's willing to move his no-trade clause, which I think he will be, uh, based on the reports um, on Twitter this morning. So, And that number is just going to keep getting shorter for the New York, for the Rangers. They, and people are going to call them a super team if they get Patrick Kane along with Tarasenko and all the guys they have there already. So if you like the Rangers, now would be your time to bet it because that number is not going to get longer. It's only going to get shorter. As I showed last night, just within a few hours, from plus fourteen hundred to plus a thousand, it's really incredible. How much better are the Rangers if they find a way to get Kane? Assuming they don't give up anybody key off the roster, they got arguably the best goalie in the NHL. Their defense core is is pretty to very good, with Adam Fox, in my opinion, being a top three defenseman in the NHL. And and their their forward crop, obviously, with Kane and Tarasenko, is is obviously just top two, top three, um, maybe the best in the Eastern Conference. So uh, they have as good a chance as anybody, and they're priced like they're, they're sort of in a second tier behind Boston and Carolina, and I think getting Patrick Kane puts them in that Boston-Carolina tier. Um, so we'll have to see how the market moves if that were to happen, but that's a scary team, man. Patrick Kane on, on, the, on the wing with Zabanajad, Panarin, Trocek, Kreider, Tarasenko, Philip Heedle, I mean, I'm not even bringing up how their goaltender is arguably 
as good as Andre Vasilevsky, if not a smidge worse. So they're a scary team. Speaking of scary, and we're joined by Evan Render from TSN Edge, uh, you certainly haven't uh, been the most positive about another defenseman in uh, in Gavrikov, and I'm sure I just mispronounced his name. But I'm wondering for you, Evan, just looking at the numbers, who are some buyer beware players that maybe we get uh, we get interested in, but maybe aren't as good as the name? Uh, Luke Chen for, is a great example. Uh, the Leafs drafted him, of course, as everybody knows, in the top five. Many years ago, and he hits, and he's physical, and he's, he's, he does all those intangibles that teams speak about. But what happens is a play, he's a UFA, right? A player who gets talked about in the market, and it's a big market like Vancouver, so he gets talked about a lot. His name gets put out there, teams start talking, and then his value gets pumped up a lot. And to the point where, you know, they're asking for a second-round pick. And in my opinion, a guy who's going to play on your best your third pairing if you're a contending team shouldn't be going for a second-round pick. So I kind of think that he's one of those guys that gets talked about a lot. And he, While he brings things of value, I just think that there's, there's other players that you could acquire for second-round picks, um, especially in a, in, a, in a tight cap crunch. And there's, not any, there's no teams who, who have cap space who are going to not be you know, looking to add to the deadline who are contenders. So he would be a guy that I, I would think of for sure. And um, Avercaz is another one that you brought up. Who, who, you know, Columbus wants a minimum of a first-round pick reportedly, so... That's why kind of holding firm and seeing if sellers get desperate come next Friday is maybe the way to go. So teams like, you know, the Rangers, the Leafs, and Boston who already made their moves kind of have a week to just re- reassess the market. They've made their moves. So worst case scenario, they could stand pat if the asking prices don't come down. And if they do come down, they can get a good, bu- a good player at a buy low price and uh, hit a home run at the deadline. Evan, I really appreciate Thanks so much for joining the show today. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. That is Evan Render from TSN. Edge, people are still writing in about uh, raisins. The disrespect of the raisin is an outrage. Raisin and chocolate are the Matthews and Marner of a proper cookie. That coming from Chris. Chris, first, thank you for listening. Thank you for texting in. You can always text the show at 10.50.50. We love the listener engagement. However, on this one, you could not be more wrong. Raisins are one of nature's greatest mistakes. And I know, like, as I'm someone who's into wine, that the smell or of raisin, or you get, like, oh, raisinated qualities, and, you know, and you find that in, in, in certain spirits and things like port. But I'm sorry. I see a raisin near a cookie. I am moving the other direction. Because I got to tell you, as a small child, I remember as, like, a, as a, uh, you know, slightly overweight nine-year-old waddling over like Andy Reid to the cookie jar at my dad's place. I went and grabbed a chocolate chip cookie. I took a big bite, and then I spat it out, and I started scraping my tongue with my hand because that wasn't a chocolate chip. It was a raisin. And, Producer Nick, I still I still have PTSD thinking about that horrible moment from my childhood. Oh, that's an awful moment, Matt. I'm so uh, sorry you had to go through uh, that. It's, it's nothing. You know what? No child should have to deal with that. (laughs) You know what? I take it one day at a time. Healing one day at a time. I'm so proud of you. I have a comparable story that we can share on the other side if you want. (laughs) All right. We'll do that. I also, we've got to play the Chris Boucher dunk. The TV call on TSN yesterday was so damn good. And I feel really good about a couple bets in the Leafs-Minnesota Wild game. So we'll do that all on the other side. I'm Matt Cause. You are listening to Gameplay right here on TSN 1050.
Brian from Whitby writes in, I have to interject, the best cookie is the fudgio. Basically, isn't ice... Uh, isn't ice wine made from raisins? No, no, no. Um, I mean, it, I, we won't get into a discussion about ice wine, but basically it's when uh, grapes are left out until the temperature gets below. There's a certain legal temperature, like certainly below minus 10, where the juices in the grape get concentrated, and then you extract that that uh, that concentrated uh, juice from the frozen grapes, and that's how you make ice wine. And, yes, I know someone who loves wine but also hates raisins seems weird. To me, it is nothing but the truth. Um, and then someone from Timmins writes in, Matt, raisins are grapes. Grapes are wine. Therefore, you love raisins. Nature's biggest mistake, my ass. I understand this. It might seem weird or kooky. I might seem, um, you know, like I'm all over the place on this one. Uh, but, yes, I am someone who loves wine to death. But I will fight to the death my right to never see another raisin again. Hi, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cos, right here on TSN 1050. Well, if Mike Sando, NFL writer for The Athletic, will join us at 3 o'clock, and we will get into, even though there is no hard news, there is still the fact there is no final decision yet for guys like Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson means it still is a pretty big story. Uh, but before I move on to sports, uh, Producer Nick, you said you had your harrowing tale. Mine was as a chubby child eating a chocolate chip cookie only to discover it was a raisin and not a chocolate chip cookie, which has uh, has scarred me for the last four decades. Yeah, I have the uh, I have the harrowing tale, too. I, it was post-chubby Nick, because I was chubby, like, really, really young. Yeah. Um, but family dinner, uncles go up to get uh, the dessert with the whipped yep. cream. One grabs, oh. one grabs oh, and no. opens my mouth. The other one, oh, no. full can of whipped cream in my mouth. I, I still don't like whipped cream to this day. Wait a minute. Oh, I, I thought it was going to be that it was like mayonnaise or cottage no, cheese. No, 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 no. But it was Hold just, on. it was the traumatic incident oh. for me at three. <laughs> okay, at three. Okay, first off, how do you remember that? I don't remember anything before. Uh, I remember that because it was traumatic. Six. How can it be traumatic? It's whipped cream. Whipped cream is delicious. I had never whipped had it before. From, oh, my God. See, I thought this was going to be like a harrowing tale. Or no, that's why I wanted cream. to tell you because I figured you'd oh, get a kick out of it. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a good story. That's not a harrowing story. I wish that would happen right now. That'd be Still good. don't like it. Oh, my. You don't like whipped cream? Jesus, we no. don't have time for this today. You know, <laughs> Everyone loves whipped cream. Text I don't. Show Text the show at 10.50.50. Do you not like whipped cream? No one's going to say, I, I do not care for it. It is a delicious, delicious treat. Speaking of a delicious treat, Raptors beat the New Orleans Pelicans last night. How's that for a segue? And Chris Boucher took off from the free throw line and dunked the ball. Of course, it was the ball. What else would he be dunking? It was an incredible play, and it sounded fantastic. Here's the call on TSN. One of the highlights from the Raptors win last night. Um, Siakam was incredible through three quarters. In the third quarter, he was 5 of 5, 24 points, 8 of 14 shooting. Went to the free throw line eight times, had three assists. 
But then the fourth quarter, he shot one of seven. The team shot five of 19 before Gary Trent Jr. hit a three-pointer with 13 seconds left. The Raptors were up by two. That three-pointer ended the night for the Pelicans. The big story was, of course, Jakob Pertl. 21 points, 18 rebounds, two assists, three steals, and a block. But it was in that fourth quarter where they needed him. When no one else could make a basket, he got 10 points. When the team needed to keep control of the ball, he had six rebounds. And he had one critical block as well. A great night for Jakob Pertl. And the next game for the Raptors, noon tomorrow, uh-oh, it's against the Pistons, it's against Dwayne Casey, but Detroit is in the Victor Wimbanyama game. They are not, not in the we're trying to win uh, uh, regular season games game. I know that sounded weird. And Kate Cunningham has been shut down for the year. Yes, but Matt, mm. as uh, one Admiral Akbar likes to say. It's a trap! Oh, no, no, no. Oh, by the way, speaking of Akbar, I feel so good. How much time do we have here? We got Mike Sandu on the other side. How much time do we got left in this? Got like a minute. Okay, I'm gonna save it. I'll save it for uh, I'll save it for like three fifteen. But I love the Maple Leafs tonight. I love them on the puck line. I think Austin Matthews uh, maybe pops a couple tonight. And I'll tell you why in a little bit why I, I – and you know me. I could be a negative Nelly when it comes to the hockey team. I think they win. I think they crush the Minnesota Wild tonight. Then their next game is on Sunday against the Kraken. You can also listen to that game right here on TSN 1050. So we got Mike Sander, one of our favorites, on the other side. We will talk about what the hell is now going on with stories about Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. There's a lot of red flags but should the Ravens just wave the white one and give Lamar all the money? We'll get into that next right here on Gameplay. This hour of Gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app.